Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. He's Zog. Hello. She's Sarah. Hello. He's Richard. Hello. And you know who I am, and you know that this is our annual... I was going to say Christmas show, but I always get in trouble for saying Christmas show, and the boys will tell you, so will Sarah, I made a special effort this year. This is a proper Festivus edition. When we walked into the room, there was a poll. And on the Festivus poll. Well, now, to be fair, Richard and I did have to consult. We did have to have a little discussion as to whether or not it was adorned. It's there was, adorned. There was a question as to whether it was, strictly speaking, mm-hmm. an unadorned poll. In the end, we decided that, no, no, it's an unadorned poll. Technically, the base is adorned. Yes. <laughs> but it is an unadorned yeah. poll, I and th- therefore, it is the perfect centrepiece to any Festivus celebration. These guys always go on about Festivus every year. They've been the centrepiece of Festivus. It's the We've unadorned been pole. We've been boring you with it for years. Uh, yeah. I've never even seen this episode of no, Seinfeld. Yeah, what's this backstory? Tell me about the backstory to well, the non-Seinfeld. Richard, you, you do are. it. Go on. It's an episode of Seinfeld where one of the characters... Have you ever seen Seinfeld? There's a character called George Costanza. George Costanza. George the butt of many jokes. And his comedy parents, who he hates, and his eccentric father... And it comes to light that for many years the Costanza family celebrated not Christmas but Festivus, which was the Festivus for the rest of us, <laughs> a non-Christmas, an anti-Christmas. And the centrepiece of that is instead of a tree, you have an unadorned aluminium pole. And then the other key elements of Festivus are the airing of grievances. In which every member of the family gets to tell every other member of the family... Mm-hmm. In exactly what ways they have disappointed them over the previous year. <laughs> Fantastic. Right, yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah. think we, we could all do it. Um, we do that here, That'd don't be we? That a very long conversation. And, I know. and, and then, then feats of strength. The feats of strength. Yes, in <laughs> which you get to wrestle with the eldest member of the family. Oh, OK. <laughs> and it was noted that George always ended up crying <laughs> yeah. in Seinfeld. And it is one of I mean, many, many brilliant episodes of Seinfeld. And what makes it all the more joyous is that it was based, I believe, on the real-life experiences of one of the Seinfeld writers. Yeah. They I mean, just make it up from nowhere. If this is all leaving you a bit baffled, just... Go and watch Seinfeld. Just watch what Seinfeld. Just watch, watch all Seinfeld. of it. It's on Netflix or Amazon Prime at the moment, I think. Uh, certainly one or the other, yeah. And sure. I want you to know that as a Slade fan, I love Christmas. Christmas is a very Slade time of the year. You hear Slade on the radio. But I am non-denominational, so I'm happy to welcome Festivus into the on-speed tradition. I went out today to buy an unadorned pole, and on the way home I thought, how am I going to mount this? And I saw outside one of the houses someone was giving away a cat scratching post it was on their wall outside the house giving it away so I'm having that so I brought that home drilled a hole in it mounted the pole in it and then wrapped some Christmas lights around the stand so it is adorned but you're absolutely right the stand is adorned but the pole remains unadorned there we go. So, yeah, Festivus. And in the grand tradition of this time of the year, there's gift-giving. Not at Festivus, but Christmas and other faiths. And I thought we'd do some... Gift- what other people do. Yeah, other <laughs> normal people. What is normal, anyway? What does Kimmy say normal is, Richard? It's in his book, isn't it? Oh, you got that for Christmas, didn't you? Well, he says in winter, of... it, fishing isn't so good. Yeah, in Finland there is fishing, and the winter is not so good. What is this book? It's a book of Kimmy's haiku. You might have seen people, F1 people uh, Japanese Grand Prix I think it was they were giving it away 
And it's a book of haiku supposedly written by Kimi Räikkönen. Apparently, I don't think it was, but I'm apparently with his blessing. Really? It was given away by Ferrari. I saw this happening. I saw Ferrari behind this. Texting or, or tweeting rather about it, and I texted friend O the show and all round lovely bloke Ted Lumsden Bumhat Kravitz. Happy said, Hanukkah, Ted. Did you say That's a long story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've already done festival. It's got bogged down in more. <laughs> but really, I texted him. Look, mate, I know you're busy out there, but if there's any chance you can get me one of those Kimmy haiku books, I'll love you forever. And bless him, he did. And I just went to pick it up on the way over here. Kimmy is famously a man of few words, yeah. so you know a poetry form that restricts your number of words or syllables even is perfect for the man and one of those haiku said something like what is normal if i'm not normal none of my friends are normal is that right get the book it's called what kimmy's haikus what's it called i don't think you can get the book it's not, oh, it's really? not for sale wow. no you could only get it if you right who do i know there and yeah bless him he got me one it's cool. signed as well I don't think it's signed by Kimmy. It's hard to tell, but it's definitely been signed by, signed somebody. by somebody. I think Ted got out his left hand and just Either way, it's a nice touch. Well, let's return to the nominative normality of this time of the year with the gift giving. Now, we do virtual gift giving on, on speed because... You don't actually... Because it's cheaper. It's significantly cheaper. It's a lot less effort. And it works on podcasts because you can imagine we're actually giving these things. So, Zog, you go first. Oh, OK. Who were you nominated uh, to give gifts to? In in our not-so-secret centre of... I drew Richard. So, Richard, here you go. A little something for you. Thanks, mate. I'm quite excited about this. I think you're going to like this. Right, I'm going to... (laughs) Nicely packaged. So, it's virtual gift-giving in actual packaging... What yeah, have you got, and Richard? The, 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 this is the report from when I, when I bought it at auction earlier this year for Richard. Of uh, <laughs> oh, my holy Jesus. <laughs> you can, you can say that at this time of the year. Yeah. Right, it's a picture of a BMW 6 Series, the old 80s one. Nice. And I went, well, that's nice. I always like those. But then I looked down, this BMW, <clears throat> previously owned by Benny Anderson of ABBA. <laughs> holy <laughs> shit. And used on tours no, between 1979 See, they were married as well, so and it's a four-seat car. What, so Bjorn and Benny all... were married to each other? Well, you know, the Swedes, they're very progressive. There was a lot, it got a bit complicated at one point, <laughs> it so certainly it did. might have happened. It you know, it was sold. Yeah. Oh, so this has already gone to auction, hasn't it? Uh, how so much sold is last it? week with copies of the original documents signed by Ulvelis and Anderson. Wow. So you know you it's legit. How much was it sold for, do we know? Uh, About, was it... Uh, $42,500. Wow. Yeah. wow. Cheap at the price, so. And I it's mean, I yours. You get, I mean, get it's one, a non, a non-ABBA one for a lot less, it's but about twice it wouldn't have had ABBA in it. That's brilliant. Thanks, Zog. Hey, well, uh, well, enjoy it. You'll be able to play your uh, ABBA cassettes. I'm uh, trying to think of a pun we'll... around ABBA songs in this book. Fun. So anyway, let's not do that. You know I'll just say thank just you. I, I, I would have I would have thought one of ABBA would have owned an Isuzu Super Trooper. There we go. Punning our way forward. Sarah, go on. Who have you bought for? I have bought for Zog. Oh. Now, Zog, I don't want to disappoint, but I... it's not a CD-ROM. Okay. <laughs> but it comes in two parts. Two parts. So be patient. Okay. When you're... There we go. Two parts. Exciting. I'll bring the packaging here. It's just like Festivus. Part one. 
Oh, fantastic. An all-expenses-paid trip to the Porsche Museum in Germany. Oh, yes. I don't want to take that trip. When would you I think I'll probably go early in the new year, yeah. you know, I think. Yeah, yeah probably go in the spring. Yeah, yeah. Stuttgart in the spring. No, I always wanted to go, it's so in that, Stuttgart, that is fantastic. It? it is in Stuttgart, isn't it? Yeah. Museum, yeah? yeah I think yes. so, yeah. yeah. Mm. Yes, I think so. Have you yeah. been there, Richard? No, I haven't. I've driven past it. Frustratingly. <laughs> <laughs> do. It's really frustrating, genuinely. I've driven But that's only part of your... Space. And then part yes, two, that's an excellent choice. Thank you, sir. And part two is... It's a book. It is The Isaac Newton School of Driving Physics and Your Car by Barry Parker. Oh, that's so you. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, if you could just read out loud the first sentence. Okay. Really <laughs> For some people, driving is an art. For others, it's a science. <laughs> At the Isaac Newton School of Driving, though, every car is a laboratory on wheels. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> and every drive, an exciting journey into the world of physics. This is fantastic. Yeah. I'm going to take great pleasure in reading this book, I think. That's very um, you, Zog. Physics and cars. How long have you known Zog, Sherry? Only a matter of weeks. Only a matter of weeks. <laughs> People you very quickly well. get the idea that I like my physics. I like to mm-hmm. understand how things are going on. Parker's first lesson describes the basic physics of driving, speed and acceleration, why you get thrown forward while braking or outward while turning, and why car advertisements boast about horsepower and torque. Goes on to discuss the thermodynamics of engines. Oh, that's good stuff. And how they can be more fuel efficient, and what friction and traction are, and how they can keep a tire stop. No, seriously, thermodynamics is cool stuff. It and, is. You know, with it the, is. The, yeah, it is. And it's, it's important yeah. stuff. It is. I like explores high performance physics of auto racing. Outlines how traffic accidents are reconstructed by police. Uses chaos theory to explain why traffic jams happen, and describes what cars of the future might look like. Whether you drive a Pacer or a Porsche, the Isaac Newton School of Driving offers better and better informed driving through physics. Fantastic. That is so Thank you, you That is bang on. Yeah, you could write that book. I think yeah. you, <laughs> so you have done well. Thank you. That's that's absolutely bang on. Oh, that's my Christmas reading sorted. Next in the virtual secret centre, Richard, who have you been selected to buy for? For you. Me? Oh, I think it has to be, of course it does. Thank you in advance. I always think it's very important to say, even before you find out what the gift is, Thank you. Yes. These are the protocols. After you've seen the actual gift, these protocols you have to follow. And it's amazing that they're all wrapped up almost identically. I, I think it's, it's, it's extraordinary that we all managed to fit our presents into a single envelope. I think we did. We did very well. Wow. What's this? What's this? A two-bedroom terrace house <laughs> on Union Road East, Abergavenny. Now, who bought me a house in Rielsville? Well, wait a minute. Is it next to the starting line of the Welsh Rally? Not that I'm aware of. It's South Wales. So, yeah. yeah. I love it, I have to say. Good. Well, that's that. I haven't got my own place in Wales. It's £159,950 he spent on it for me. That's a lot of house for your money. Two bedrooms. Oh, lovely. Also, I know that actually this printout makes all the rooms look like an 80s pop video because they've got the stripes across them. I think that's just the printer playing It's a printer issue, yes. Let me explain why I've bought you this house. Yes, please do. Yes, it's in Abergavenny yes. in South Wales. Abergavenny is in Monmouthshire. It is, yes. Where my grandparents were born and my father was born. I didn't know that, but yeah. that could be another reason now yeah. that you've said it. 
The reason I bought you a house in Monmouthshire is that if you have a house in Monmouthshire, if you live in Monmouthshire, you are entitled to take part in the beta testing of the River Simple Rass Of course! Hydrogen-powered car, which I know you like. If you live here in London, as you do, you're not entitled to take part in that scheme because you don't live in Monmouthshire. So I'm moving you to Monmouthshire. I am with joy you have no idea yeah because they're supplying I think 200 cars to people in Monmouthshire including some of the county government yeah and I could live in a Welsh house and drive a a Welsh Welsh built car that's driven by a piece of Welsh technology the fuel cell Richard can I give you a man? Oh, the man. <laughs> man. Oh, God. That's a nice. There we go. Well, that was well worth 160,000 ah, pounds. Money well spent. <laughs> Virtually perfect. In every nice. possible way. Right, which means there's only one more gift to give to the newest member of the team. <laughs> Sarah, I've got I... drawn you in the random generator of Christmas virtual gift giving. I have to say, I didn't spend 159 virtual thousand pounds on this. But this is your gift for Christmas. Okay, thank you. For Festivus, sorry, yeah, Hanukkah or other okay, festivals. Right. Oh, I better make it sound. <laughs> oh, right. Well, <laughs> it's a Daniel Ricardo jumper. Of course it is. <laughs> of course it well, is. Well, with writing, well, I won't leave home without it. <laughs> exactly. Well, for, for someone who comes from the Antipodes, a warm yeah, part of the world, you want something warm. For I had thought winter. I was going to open up an envelope to a sports car. Sorry. <laughs> That's next year. The, year. I was thought like, that the Ricardo anticipation. Oh, no, it's all right. No, I'm not disappointed. Anyone that has the same nationality as me. There you go. It's and you do love Danny, don't you? Of course. It's yeah. brilliant. And you'd wear the jumper, wouldn't you? It's a uh, genuine Every jumper. day. <laughs> and far cheaper than 159000 Am I sounding but, tight here? No, I think you're very thoughtful. <laughs> it's the thought that counts. <laughs> I thought it was a, a good idea. Jumper. It even has the number three at the end. <laughs> Excellent. Should we propose a toast, a small toast then, to the festival of this time of the year, whatever it is. Cheers, y'all. Happy festival. Happy festivals. Chin chin. Doctor Who has become part of Christmas here in the UK, but this year there is no Doctor Who Christmas special. So we've written one. Gareth Jones on Speed and Sniff Petrol presents Doctor Who Saves F1 for Christmas. trophy for the Formula One Drivers World Champion about to be presented here in Mexico to, oh my goodness, a member of the public has somehow got forward and grabbed the trophy and is holding a lot like they won the title. Extraordinary behaviour and it looks like security are wrestling it from their grasp and shoving the perpetrator back into the crowd, and rightly so. Jesus, Lewis, what were you doing? Get him a trophy, man. Your trophy? You're not the driver's champion. Yeah, I am. Do. 
It's been a good trip, but don't spoil it by going all weird again. But I am! Yeah, mate. All the drivers here, they all race in F1 while working in the IT office at a shipping company in Hatfield. So you head out, mate. Yeah, whatever. I'm going for a slash. Excuse me, young man. I believe this portable toilet is free. Thanks, man. Well, no way. You're not coming in with me. I am. Get in. I'll explain everything. That's what Flav always says. I heard what you said to your friend, and you're right. You are an F1 driver. Or you were. There's been some glitch in the timeline, and I'm here to help fix it. Who are you, man? My name is the Doctor. Doctor Who? Yes, that's right. No, man. Doctor Who's a woman now. (laughs) A woman Doctor Who? What next? A black F1 champion? Uh, hello? Oh, right, yeah, sorry. Here, help me off with this cloak. Wait a second. You're Jackie Stewart? I am, yes. So you're not really the Doctor, then? At times like these, everyone gets the Doctor they remember from their childhood. Yours is the little Scottish guy, but he was busy, so I'm helping out. This is totally weird, man. Look, do you want to be an F1 driver again? Hells yeah. Right, then you have to listen carefully. Are you familiar with something called the butterfly effect? Yeah, man. I had a couple of sick cuts on Rock Nation in 2016. Yeah. No, that's not it at all. The butterfly effect is the belief that one small action in one place, such as the beating of a butterfly's wings or the cashing of a cheque, can cause an enormous and potentially awful occurrence in another place, such as a hurricane or a win for Lance Stroll. Okay... It's my belief that somewhere in the motorsport timeline, something, or maybe some things, have happened that have caused all of history to alter. The net result of which is that you now find yourself at the 2018 Mexican Grand Prix as a spectator, not a racing driver. Yeah, makes total sense. Not really. But bear with me. Because of historical events not conforming to the timeline, we know that right now we're in an alternate reality where you're not an F1 driver. So we need to go back through F1 history to find the events that didn't happen as our history records and correct them so they do. You can do that? Just as sure as I can drive a car down Silverstone with an egg in a bowl on the bonnet without losing the egg. All right then, man. Let's go back to 2016 and make me champion then too, yeah? No, no, no. We can never do anything like that. It's very important that you understand that we cannot change history. We can only nudge it back into line, do you see? Yeah, whatever. Right then, we need to be logical about this. Logical and safe. You know, when I was working for the Ford Motor Company in the 1970s and 1980s, we always used to look at the safety aspect... Can we just get on with it? ...a motor car. I mean, it all sounds really cool, you know? But, like... How are we going to travel back in time? I mean, that's not even possible, man. Oh, but it is, my young friend. And this... This? It's a portaloo, man. It's also a time-travelling device. You're taking the piss, man. I assure you, I am not. Although it seems several other people have. <laughs> Sorry about the smell. Right, so we're going to fly through time and space in this bog? Yes, I call it the TARDIS. And I have to sit here? Oh no, this is just the bathroom. Come through. Oh, yeah, right. Well, this is a lot nicer. What do all these buttons do? Well, these control our destination and space and time. Apart from that one, that's the horn. Right, I just need to get into my normal clothes. Oh, God, man. What's going on with those trousers? Well, they're tartan. Man, that's a mad shizzle. Let me get a picture of this from my Insta. 
I remind you, you're currently not an F1 driver and your Instagram has seven followers, none of whom are interested in my trousering. Fine, man, but I'm going to need my shades on when I look at you. Right, so logically, our first stop is the end of the 1950s. Here we go! Where are we? If I've got this right, we're in Sebring, USA, December in 1959. And Bruce McLaren wins the race. Well, that all seems to be in order. And it's another fascinating demonstration of the motor racing power of the diesel engine. Oh, dear. What's happened, Dr. Jackie, man? I don't know. But if we don't stop it, the whole of F1 is in trouble. And as the drivers come into the plane, Dr. Rudolph Diesel himself passed away exactly ten years ago. Ten years ago? But Diesel died over 40 years ago. I just don't get this, man. Right, listen, it's one of the explaining bits. Don't you see? This means Diesel didn't die as we remember. He lived and he was somehow able to sell his technology to motorsport. It's a complete disaster. (coughs) Come on, back to the TARDIS before we suffocate. We're going back to 1913. Whoa, man. It's foggy. Where are we now? We are on board the SS Dresden, bound for Harwich. In the accepted timeline, Rudolf Diesel was on this boat, and sometime in the night he mysteriously fell over the side and drowned. Clearly, in the altered timeline, that event never happened. This is boring, man. Can't we go to the moment when Jay-Z and Kanye first met? Look, do you want to be an F1 driver again or not? Oh, yeah, right. Okay, but what we gotta do to this dude? We can't just push him over the side, right? Well, no, but we do have to adjust history back to the timeline somehow. Look down the deck. See that man standing at the stern of the boat? That's Diesel. Vin Diesel? Have you been paying attention to any of this? Oh, right, the other guy. So, what do we do? I've had an idea. Wait here. Excuse me, massive angry German secret service agent. Yeah? That guy over there, he said your wife was fat and ugly. What? Hey, you! Okay, let's get out of here. That guy just killed that other guy. And it was our fault. He's a murderer. I mean... We're murderers. No, no. We're just adjusting history. These are the events as we know them. We just have to make sure they happen. Come on, we're going to the 1960s. Where are we now? This is Monza, 1969. Oh, and who's that handsome chap there? Wait, isn't that you? It certainly is. And oh, look, I'm the new world champion. Wow, Monza was the last race in 69? 
Oh, no, this was only race eight. I think it was quite good in those days, you know. You had better trousers in those days, man. Enough of your trouser-centric back chat, young man. This all seems to be in order. Look, there's Jochen and Bruce and... Oh, there's Ken. Looks like the timeline is intact here. Wait, who's that talking? More slowly, but generally the pace was quite high. And it's been rather hot here as well. I, I guess it's the UK commentator. And I think that's all... He's like a bit boring, man. Well, sure, he's no Murray Ward. Oh, no. What? Oh, no Murray Walker? Come on, Lewis, we've got an appointment at a London advertising agency. What time? 1949. That's what, like 10 to 8? Not quite. Excuse me, I've got an appointment to see Mr. Walker. And what about you, boy? Are you here to clean the carpet? You what? Let it go, Lewis. It's a different time. Come on, we've got work to do. He's with me, miss. Is Mr. Walker free? He is, just through there. And there goes Jean, off to lunch, I presume. And here comes Terry, looking a little uneasy around that tricky turn into the meeting room. Has he been to the pub this morning? We'll soon find out. And here come two men. Murray Walker? Yes? Hi, I'm the doctor. The doctor? I didn't ask for a doctor. No, but I'm here with a prescription. You like talking, Mr. Walker, but have you considered... Commentating. Commentating? Yes, on motor racing events, perhaps. Well, like my father, that's an interesting idea. You think I should? I insist upon it. And remember, I'm a doctor. Oh, well, thanks for the idea. And you're into motor racing yourself, Doctor. Oh, I will be, sir. I will be. Got to run! And there go those two mysterious strangers, and what an effect they've just had upon me! Truly remarkable! Right, that's another bit of the timeline fixed. How long is this going to take, man? It'll take as long as it takes, son. I remember when I was at Tyrrell, and I once said to Ken, I said, you know, sometimes it's worth a little bit of taking time and effort yeah, into yeah. fixing the... I'm sorry, if this is boring you, perhaps you'd like a book to read. Nah, got an iPad, man? No, I only have a... Hang on a minute. I only have a book. Why didn't I think of this before? Where is it? It's... Oh, I have a book here, or somewhere. Come on, find it. Where are you, bookie book? Book, book. Ah, yes, here. Look, I've got this book, The Complete History of Formula One. And look, you see, it's blank. Well, it's not much of a complete history, then, is it, boy? No, no, you see, it's blank because we're in 1949. There's been no F1 history yet, but if we move forward in time, it'll update with the timeline as it stands, and from this, we can check that it matches the true timeline we know. Wait, what, the book will change and update? That's not how books work. Well, it is in this world. But how was... I mean, the print is, like, changing on the page and shizzle. It's best not to think too hard about this stuff, son. It's almost Christmas. Just go with it. Yeah, whatever. Right, so, where to next? The 1970s, I think. I want to make sure I got my other two titles. Not just you. What about James Hunt? Good point. 
1976. Right, here we are. If my calculations are correct, we are at the 1976. Eurovision Song Contest. Sorry, that happens sometimes. Wait a sec. The 1976 Japanese Grand Prix. And the book now says... Oh, no. What is it, blood? This year's world champion is Nicky Louder. But that's good, yeah? I mean, I like Nicky. No, no, remember, this is not the correct timeline. The champion should be James Hunt. And according to this, he came... 12th. Oh, no. Come on, we've got to get to the bottom of this. Follow me, we're going into the paddock. Right, here we are. Now hang on. I recognise that guy. He was Hunt's engineer. Excuse me, sir. Yes, mate. Oh, Jackie Stewart, bloody hell. Nice to see you. Aye, I'm actually looking for James Hunt. Is he around? No, he's not, mate. Uh, As soon as the race was done, he was out of here. Wanted to get some yoga in, I think. Right, yoga. Glug, 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 glug. Booze? No, mate, never touches the stuff. Right. Well, if you're quick, you might catch him, but he's on the first plane home tonight. Wants to get back to London for a feminist poetry reading tomorrow evening. This doesn't sound like the James Hunt I know, man. No, it does not. Thank you for your help, sir. I must away. Come on, Lewis. Back to the TARDIS. Where are we going now? First stop, Mr. Shah's off-licence. Uxbridge Road, London. We need supplies. Can't we just get them here? I don't know the Japanese for 40 marble and a shedload of booze. Right, this is his place. What year is this now? It's 1972. Jackie Stewart! Crikey! Come in, come in! Thanks, James. I wondered if I could have a wee chat. Of course, of course. Uh, Who's your friend? He's called Lewis. I don't think we've met. No, and I'm afraid you won't, sadly. Right, right. Come through. I I was just making a salad. Of course you were. So, listen, I hear you've been approached by those Hesketh guys about joining their Formula 3 effort, maybe making a jump to F1. Yeah, yeah, but not too sure about those chaps, actually. A bit raucous for my liking. A bit too much partying. Right, right. Can I interest you in a glass of this? Uh, not really my scene. Oh, come on. I'm triple world champion Jackie Stewart. Triple? A double. Double, sorry. Got confused there. Timeline, man. Timeline. Well, since it's you, Jackie, go on, then. Another thing, Dave Morgan can suck my bum. Of course he can. Cigarette? Yeah, yeah, why not? And you're going to give those Hesketh guys a call? Damn right I will. And I'll call that bird I met yesterday who gave me a number. Give us a top up, mate. 
There you go. Nice seeing you, James. I'm afraid we've got to dash. Yeah, cheers, Jackie. Cheers, Louise. Yeah, man. Hey, we just saw a mate of yours. Of uh, mine? Who was that? Murray Walker. Walker. Commentary chap. Rallycross, that kind of thing. Uh, not a mate of mine, old chum. Sorry. Or he will be. ta now. Here we are in 1980. Let's see if that little trick got Hunt back on track. Yes, the book says 1976 world champion James Hunt. 77 Louder, 78 Andretti, 79 Schechter. Yes, this is all in order. Wait, who was that guy on the previous page? That's Nigel Mansell, Lewis. You know Nigel Mansell. No, man. That ain't the Mansell I know. This guy ain't got no moustache. No, well, he... Oh, heavens. What? It's not just a lack of a moustache. Read this caption. Promising Formula 3 driver Nigel Mansell, now unable to race due to lack of funds. Maybe he had to sell the moustache, yeah? No, you don't see. It's 1980. Mansell should be Lotus test driver by now. Something's gone wrong with the timeline. It's gone hobbly-hobbly. Yeah, so what do we do about it? don't know. Think, Jackie, think. Do it even matter, you get me? It all matters, Lewis. Nothing can deviate from the correct version of history, or your present day won't be what you think it is. We've got to work this out. Mansell was given a tryout for Lotus in 1979. In our timeline, he got the test driver job, but in this world, he didn't. The book said he was promising an F3. It can't be his lack of pace. So what else is different here? I told you, Guy, he don't have a moustache. Yes, yes, there's that. But what can we change? We could get him to grow the moustache, maybe? Then he'd look like Nigel Mansell, you get me? Yes, yes, that's it. That is actually it. It is? Yes, Picture the scene. Paul Rickard, 1979, Lotus testing. Mansell arrives. He's shown his skill in F3. He's quick in the F1 car. It's there for the taking, but Colin Chapman isn't sold. Something's missing, which is... Is this about the moustache still? It is about the moustache. Colin Chapman had a moustache. If Mansell had one too, they would have been moustache brothers. That's just weird, man. No, it's not. Emerson Fittipaldi and I were sideburn brothers for years. Yeah, whatever, man. You're saying if we get Mansell to grow the moustache, he'll get the Lotus job? That's exactly what I'm saying. Come on, we're going to 1978. Can the Doctor fix the F1 timeline? Is it all really down to Mansell's moustache? And will Lewis Hamilton's accent ever decide if it's from Stevenage or from San Diego? Find out as Doctor Who Saves F1 for Christmas continues later, right here on Gareth Jones on Speed. As you know, we're sticklers for tradition on Gareth Jones on Speed. And on our show for the festive season, we tend to play games. Now, in the past, these games have been created for us by our ultra listener. Uh, Sorry, Richard, did you say it correctly? Ultra listener. 
David Stebbings, but we're resting David for this festival season because we've got a little project for him for next year, but more on that another time. And we have a Games Master today. Small round of applause for our Games Master, journalist Sarah Leach. The game is based on Mr. and Mrs. You may remember this 70s TV show where couples were asked about the other half of their relationship, what they knew about each other. Now, Zog, Richard and I have been in a rather bizarre car-based relationship that's sort of triangular for 14, nearly 15 years now. And we thought we'd put it to the test and try and find out how much we know about each other and the choices we would make and therefore which one of us knows most about the other one as we play not Mr and Mrs but Mr and Mr and Mr Mr and Mr and another Mr one is called Garrett Richard and Zaga Do you know each other? You had different mothers But are you close as brothers? Mr. And Mr. It's time to discover Mr. And Mr. As we play Mr. and Mr. And Sarah will now explain how this game works. Okay, as an outsider coming in, I have done my research and I have spoken to each and every one of these young men. That's the right way to describe us. <laughs> to find out exactly how their relationship works, to see how well they know each other and their car knowledge on what each other favours in their car choices and their favourite people in the motorsports world. Excellent. Okay, so who goes first? Okay. Okay, so I'm going to ask you, Richard, and you, Gareth, Questions about just how well you know Zog. All right. Okay, He's so... He's a mystery man, isn't he? Mm. Question one. Now, which one of these three classic cars would Zog choose and why? A, is it the 1969 Citroen DS? B... Is it the 1970 Dodge Challenger RT 440? Oh. Or C, is it the 1960 MG MGA Twin Cam? Oh, gosh. Mm. Well, I've never thought of Zog as an MG man. I know he's had the Toyota mid-engine Toyota MR2 in the past. And he's no, he had an MG Midget. Oh, that's right, yeah. Famously someone... stolen. And then he stole back. stolen back. That's right, yeah. Right, but the so MGA so what are we going for? Let's well, make a decision. Hang on, not just yet. Let's think about this, because there are other options here. He does love a Citroen, doesn't he? He does like a Citroen, but I thought if he was going to have a Citroen, he would have... A traction of all. A traction of all. Mm, he wouldn't have a day S. He does love the day and what was the other car? A muscle car. So it's a Citroen DS, mm-hmm. a 1970 Dodge Challenger RT440, or a 1960 MG MGA Twin Cam. The Dodge. He likes a muscle car. out of the movie. What's the movie called with Kowalski in it? Uh, Dog's not allowed to speak, so... No, that's right, can't say anything. But that movie... Yeah, gone in 60 seconds, no? The original, no, no. no, no. It's the road trip you want, and it is... Blacktop, three-lane blacktop. Is it? No, I think so, I I can't remember. I Crazy Mary, Dirty Larry. Anyway, Mm. anyway. do you know what? Not the Citroen, not the MG, I think the Dodge. Right, so Richard, you're going to go for the Dodge. 
I'm going to eliminate the MG because I've never been with Zog and heard him go, oh, look at that MGA. I've never. And we've passed several over the years. I know he loves a Deus, but I know he loves a Traction of all much more. So I also think he's going to go for the muscle car, the Dodge. Okay, yeah. so we have both of you, Richard yeah. and Gareth, yeah. going for the Dodge. Yeah. Question two. Which one of these rather exciting cars currently on sale would Zog choose to own and explain your reasoning? Is it A, the Aston Martin Vantage, oh. B, the Caterham 620R, or C, the McLaren 570S? Oh, well. I go first this time, Richard, because you did last time. I know Zog really, 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 really enjoyed the Caterham 420R that we went to Le Mans in this year. Absolutely enjoyed it. The other car, what's the other car? The um, Aston Martin Vantage. Zog is a bit of a Bond man. Hmm... Or would he go for the McLaren? Now, I know he admires McLaren engineering, so I'm going to say the McLaren 570S. I'm okay, so Gareth, you're the McLaren. And Richard? I agree with Gareth. Okay. Yeah? yeah. For the I, same I, reasons? What are your same reasons, reasons yeah. yeah. Don't look like that, sorry. I can see you looking. Okay, the answer is down in black marker pen. Yeah. You've both gone for the McLaren 570S. Interesting. Question three. Which of these three F1 people would you say Zog dislikes the most? Again, <laughs> give your reasons. Is it A, Jolin Palmer, former driver and commentator? B, Bernie Eccleston, former F1 Supremo? Or is it C, Vladimir Putin, the president of Russia? <laughs> he's technically an F1 person because he's in the room of embarrassment after the... Go on, Richard, you go first. It's a tough choice. Yeah. Jolin Palmer, Bernie I, Eccleston I, I, or Vladimir yeah. Putin? Right, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I don't think Zog is going to hold a grudge against Jolin Palmer. He was just out of his depth in F1. He's turned around. He's actually turned around to avoid <laughs> He's got his seeing I'm avoiding his the icon face. I'm, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, Where's your poker I'm, face, Zog? You play poker. I do. I'm, 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 I'm taking it to the next level. Very wow, good. With the actual turn around. Poker face. <laughs> so, no, I don't think it's Julian Palmer. Bernie Eccleston again. He's got pros and cons, hasn't he? Sort of feel like by a process of elimination, Vladimir Putin bringing politics into F1 unnecessarily and a particularly dictatorial leader who's done some probably very bad things. Go for Putin. Go for Putin. Right. I know Zog doesn't hate Jolly and Palmer. If anything, I think Zog pities Jolly and Palmer, who was in an impossible situation with not enough talent. So, no, it's not Jolly and Palmer. I'm eliminating him. It's between Putin and Eccleston, two absolute monsters. I know Zog gets genuinely upset about Bernie Eccleston, (laughs) but I do know that Zog would find Putin more unpleasant than Eccleston, because at least Eccleston is responsible for the sport we've loved for many years, uh, or in part responsible. Good reasoning. I find that there's good reasoning. Yeah, I, I think so. So I'm also going to go with Putin. I think the reason Zog hates Putin is not because he murders people in Salisbury by remote, allegedly, in case the KGB or whatever they're called these days are listening. What are the KGB called these days? Consignia? No, that's, the, that's past <laughs> the force, isn't it? Keep in mind that. Yeah, so I think he hates Putin because he walks into the cool-down room after Formula One. That's my reasoning. So I'm also going to say Putin. Okay, yeah. so Gareth, you've gone for Putin. Yeah. And Richard, you've gone for Putin. Should we find out the truth now? I can take the blindfold off. I can take my earmuffs off. Should we do them in reverse order? 
Yes, but neither what neither so that's reversed. <laughs> now we're gonna score this. Every time we get one right, we put a marble okay. in our glass, right? So go on, in reverse order. Okay, so what is the answer, Zog? So which of these three F1 people would you say that Zog dislikes the most? Who was it? It was Vladimir Putin. Yeah! That was kind of an easy one. Point for me and for Richard. And I may have made it too easy, but Jolyon Palmer, you're right, I don't have anything against... Jolyon Palmer terribly, but I thought when he started doing his stint as a radio commentator earlier this year, he was awful. I mean, he was <laughs> he was truly, truly dismal as a commentator. Has he improved since? He has. Well, this is the thing. He improved by leaps and bounds, and he really got, I thought, pretty good. So he's most improved performer, I think, in the F1 world this year, but I was massively unimpressed by his debut as a commentator. Applying the same rule, you think having done this programme for 14 years, by now we'd be good at it, but we're not really, are we? So well, he's very hey, good. we're working on it. We're working on it. The next question, let's go back up. Number two, which of these rather exciting cars currently on sale would Zog choose to own and explain your reasoning? So Zog, which was it? Was it the Aston Martin Vantage, the Caterham 620R, or was it the McLaren 570S? It was, and you know, for a moment you had me doubting my own choice here, but it was the Aston Martin Vantage. No! I, 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 I love an Aston Martin. I think that new one just looks perfect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely bang on. Okay. It's just so beautifully rendered. You'd yeah, have the that over the McLaren? I think I might. I would. Wow. Hey. Anyway, so unfortunately, Gareth Richard, you'll have to bow out of that one. You both. One point each so Nine far. Man, but yeah, but. And question one. Tiny belly. Okay, question one. Which one of these three classic cars would Zog choose and why? Zog, was it the 1969 Citroen DS? Was it the 1970 Dodge Challenger RT440? Or was it the 1960 MG MGA Twin Cam? It was, and Roll Richard, it in. you nailed it here. <laughs> it was It was the Challenger. Yeah, in large part because of Vanishing Point. Vanishing Point, not Vanishing Point, that's the one I And we're thinking of the original movie with Barry Newman, not the TV remake, which was nothing like (laughs) (laughs) It would have been good if it had Gary Newman. Barry Lynch. So there we go, Dodge Challenger, as featured in the magnificent movie Vanishing Point. Zog, we know you 66% right so far. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm pretty good. Well, he'd want to say 66 okay, points. Okay, Gareth, you're on two six, six, points. Six, six, Richard, you're on two points. Do we get extra points for our reasoning being right as well? Unfortunately not. Oh, she's a hard taskmaster. <laughs> no, you need it, you need okay, it to next to play, we get questions about Richard. Okay, Is that right? questions about Richard, yes. Question one. Which of these three classic cars would Richard choose and why? Is it A, the Austin Allegro Equip? Oh. B, the Talbot Matra Rancho. Bit of an oddball, that could be. Love that car. Or C, be. the Volvo 262C. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go first. What do you think? I know that Richard thinks that the Volvo 262C is crap because it featured in, in his, I think, his first book. Crap cars. crap cars. Was that your first book? It was, it was, yeah. I mean, it's gorgeous, but crap. So I know he wouldn't we have can, We can probably fairly safely eliminate mm. that. I also think that Richard thinks that the Allegro was a crap car, but the Equip was a sporting coloured version. I don't think there was anything sporting about it, apart from the orange pinstripe I think it had, which made it sort of so bad it was actually good sort of territory. 
But I think if Richard was in a fight with Johnny Smith over that car, Johnny Smith would have that car. And now the other car, the Talbot Matra Rancho, I think Richard loves for two reasons. Number one, his dad had Talbots when he was younger, and that builds a very deep emotional connection to a car. And I've had conversations with Richard, and Johnny Smith actually, where the three of us have thought, hmm, we saw one for sale, shall we buy a Rancho? And I love the Rancho, so I'm going to allow my love of the Rancho to influence my decision, because I assume Richard and I are alike in some ways, I'm going to say the Talbot Matcha Rancho. Okay, so Gareth, you're going to lock in the Talbot Matcha Rancho. Yeah, I agree that we can eliminate the Volvo, and it's between the Equip and the Rancho, and I just have an idea that I've heard Richard waxing lyrical about the Rancho on more than one occasion, so I'm going to go with Gareth and go with the Rancho. Okay, so Zog, lock it in. The Talbot Matra Rancho. Okay. Question two. Which one of these rather exciting cars currently on sale would Richard choose to own and explain your reasoning? Is it A, the McLaren Speedtail? Is it B, the Bugatti Chiron? Or C, the Porsche 911 GT2 RS. Mm. Well, I think he'd like all of them. Yeah, correct. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, this, 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 yeah. this, is, this is a tough one. I have a feeling that the Chiron might just kind of leave Richard feeling a little bit cold, a little bit sort of, you know, I think at the same time that he kind of admires it and thinks it's a terrific bit of engineering, but it just doesn't quite engage him that much. So I think maybe I'm going to ditch the Chiron, speed tail or the Porsche. Speedtail. I have a feeling that those beautiful futuristic looks will have flipped a little switch in Richard's brain and he's just going to go, ooh, yes, I want more of that. Okay, Zog, you're going for the Speedtail. Gareth, let's make a decision. What are you going to go for? I think Richard has a difficult relationship with Ron Dennis, who ultimately may be responsible for the Speedtail. So I'm going to eliminate the Speedtail on that alone, apart from the fact that I'm pretty certain Richard thinks it's just too long. I don't think that Bugatti Chiron features on Richard's radar. The Veyron Supersport did, especially when they did a version in the Sniff Petrol colours, and for that reason he's not going to want the Chiron, no. So I think it's the Porsche 911 GT2, because he does love a Porsche almost as much as you do, Zog. So okay. I'm going Porsche. Okay. okay, so Gareth, you're going Porsche. And Zog, you've gone for McLaren. the McLaren yep. Speedtail. So let's pop those bases, ones yeah. in. Final question on Richard. Question three. Which one of these three F1 people would you say Richard dislikes the most? Is it A, Nico Rosberg? <laughs> B, Jacques Villeneuve? <laughs> or is it C, Jean-Marie Balestre? I've got to go Go first. Yeah, yeah. Balestra was a tempestuous character, but added to the rich colour of Formula One. Villeneuve, I know Richard dislikes intensely. And I know that Rosberg annoys Richard too, mainly because of his pan-European accent. But I don't think he dislikes Nico as much as he dislikes... Jack. So I'm going to eliminate the Frenchman, I'm going to eliminate the Pan-European and go with the French-Canadian. He dislikes Jacques Villeneuve more than the other two. Okay, so Gareth, you're going for Jacques Villeneuve. Mm-hmm. I think this is an easy one. I think Richard does not like Jacques Villeneuve, who he thinks is a massively overrated tool. <laughs> um, and 
that's it. He doesn't like Rico Rosberg, but I don't think he has the same contempt for Rosberg that he has for Villeneuve. Okay, so you're both going, Gareth and Zog, you're going for Jacques Villeneuve. Yeah. I know, also just to say... The yeah, biggest tool in the shed. Balestra was too long ago for Richard to feel very strongly about him, yeah. whereas Jacques Villeneuve was recent enough that he could feel very strongly about him. Yeah. Okay, so Richard, how did these lads go? So oh, yeah, pick up go. your scoring okay, device. Okay. Scoring right. cup is in hand. Richard, of the three classic cars, which would you choose and why? Would it be A, the Austin Allegro Equipe, the Talbot Matarancho, or the Volvo 262C? What would you go for? Richard. Yeah, so they were right. The Volvo 262, it was not just in my crap cars book, it was on the cover. Bit of a giveaway. <laughs> a massive fan. Oh, I wasn't a massive fan until I found out that David Bowie had one. Oh, really? And that's changed everything, and now I really like it because if it was good enough for Bowie. Okay. Uh, it's good enough. It's so, be, but, but we, get, not, but we get our prize. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on. No, hang on. Hang on. So you, you eliminated it and you were right because yeah, yeah. you didn't know about the Bowie angle. That's fine. Yeah. Allegro Keep, I mean, it's a curio. I can't deny I'm sort of fascinated by the stupid stripes at the side. And the alloy wheels. I had a unique design of alloy wheels, which I only realised belatedly were porous. So the tyres used to go flat. Yes, Brilliant. Yes. But <laughs> it is basically crap. Which leaves the car that you guessed correctly, Talbot Matarancho, yeah, which I've always yo. loved. Because I really, really, when I was little, I wanted my dad to buy one. And he said, no, it's silly. It's only got three doors and it's not four-wheel drive. It's pretending to be. And he was right. But I still wanted one. I had the Corgi model of it instead. And there's not that which, many which left. It's super, super good. rare car now. They are. Like, how, really many, how, how many are there left in the UK? Oh, God, I don't know. Probably about two. Yeah. I don't know. Are they and, quite cool? Very I cool. think they're quite cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Innovative, I mean, way ahead of its time. Yeah. Too far ahead of its time. And underneath, it's just a Simca 1100. That's all it is underneath. It's not ostentatiously cool, let's say that. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, the Corgi model was even cool, because it weirdly, yeah. I know this is a strange thing to have, but it had a little switch on the bottom, you just flicked a little flick lever, and it folded down the back seat. Oh, nice. For the more practical child. So not only did we guess right, but we also gave the reasoning right, because you yeah. wanted your dad yeah. to have one, your dad yeah. had Talbots. Yeah, yeah, my dad has Solara. Yeah, there we go, yeah, I think that's worth, there we go. A little point for you, and point for me. Do we get extra points for getting the reasoning as well? Unfortunately not. You keep trying to get your extra points. I mean, mean, fair enough. Okay, so Richard, tell us what the answer is to question number two. Which of these rather exciting cars currently on sale would you choose to own and explain your reasoning? Was it A, the McLaren Speedtail, B, the Bugatti Chiron, or C, the Porsche 911 GT2 RS. You both rightly identified that the Chiron is not. It's a bit of red herring in that lineup. I yes, think. and for exactly the reason. Oh, I think it's very admirable. I go, oh yeah, well done. But I'm just sort you of just, not. You just don't yeah, care. Yeah, but it was very good. But it's not for me. Thanks. So the 911 GT2 RS. Yes, very impressive. I've driven it. Amazingly impressive. But oh. I got out of that and straight into a 911T, you know, that stripped-down, very basic 911 Carrera yeah. that mm-hmm. I've been doing recently. And I preferred the stripped-down basic Carrera. No. Much less power, much less aero, all that stuff. Just much nicer, much less... Pure. too much, yeah, yeah just purer. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's a very impressive car, that Porsche, but it's just kind of a bit... Yeah, it's not the so best. So you'd have the speed tail. I'd have the speed tail. I bloody wow. love the speed tail, mostly for the way no. it looks. Hey, so well done, Zog. Staggering. Absolutely. I agree. No, oh, I really want I a car where you sit in the middle. I agree so that it looks end spectacular. Mm. It's uh, a lot. You're right, guy. It's very long. It's 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 very long. But you know, wow. So am I. Very long, but good choice. Central driving position. Yeah, it does have a central driving. I forgot that. That's pretty cool. That would have helped. Quite cool. So, Richard, final question. Who do you dislike the most in Formula One? Is it Nico Rosberg, Jacques Villeneuve, 
Jean-Marie Balestra. So it's not Nico Rosberg. I found him a little bit irritating. Maybe he's a bit, you know, his moments. But I also really admire the way he just went, got a championship off, thanks. Bye. Takes some doing that. Fair so fair play. So not him. And Jean-Marie Balestra, you can see that's a bit of a weird one to come up with because it's sort of out He of is blue. hateful. He is hateful. Mm-hmm. I was really proud once that I described him on Sniff Petrol as spittle-flecked reactor-like girl's name twat, Jean-Marie <laughs> Balestra. Excellent. And that pretty much sums him up. Excellent. And that's why he was actually my choice in this one. Ooh, I no! think he's an absolute knobhead. No. Also, he's dead, so you can so lie So we can say whatever you like but about him. You know the movie Senna? Yeah. There's a scene yeah. in that yeah. where basically he the driver's rejecting a... something. He just goes, well, I, I'm paraphrasing now, but he just goes, well, I, I don't agree with you, so we're going to do it my way. So there. But in the most petulant way, for a fully grown man, you just go, you absolute ring piece. Wow. You're, no, you're quite, I, you're quite I, that he condenses almost all of the dickheadedness in that entire movie into about three or four seconds, <laughs> and it's entirely of him speaking. Yeah. Yeah. He is. Right, he's, well, it's just, he's like a sort of heat sink of twattery. Yeah. I can't yeah. stand him. I, just think, I saw him in that film. I didn't know much about him. And I sort of started looking up things that he did and had done and other videos of him. Just went, this man is a monumental anus of the highest <laughs> order, and I've never been able to stand him go. since. Well, so there we go. So you've we known were, Richard for fifteen yeah. years, but you didn't know didn't that. Know. No, I didn't know yeah. that. I would have thought it would have been Jack. Wow. Well. You know, people have secret crushes. I have a secret. You've got a secret. Crush. Crush. Clearly, you kept it secret. We didn't know. All right, I will rush home watch the cinema movie. Okay, so finally we have questions on Gareth. Richard okay, and Zog, how well do you know Gareth? Question one. Which one of these three classic cars would Gareth choose and why? Would it be the A Rover 200 Coupe, B the AMC Eagle Coupe, or C the Subaru XT? Okay, let me have a go at this. I'm not sure I can remember Gareth talking about the Eagle ever. So I think it's got to be. So I'm thinking between the Rover and the Subaru. Just did not um, see the Rover coming at all. Gareth does quite like a Rover, though. He likes a bit of old but that's, British... That's, that's a 90s Rover. It's like mm. a nice-looking car. It's not like a P5 or no. a... Um, yeah. I'm discounting that straight away, personally, because I just think it's too out there. I'm going to go Subaru XT, and I don't know why. I am going AMC Eagle. Right, OK. I think I'm going to go that. You're going to go AMC? unusual. All right, so Zog, you've yeah. gone for the Subaru XT. Zog the Subaru XT and Richard, you've gone for the AMC Eagle Coupe. Lock those ones in. Okay. Question two. Which of these rather exciting cars currently on sale would Gareth choose to own and explain your reasoning? Would it be A, the Kia Rio, B, the MG3 or C, the Suzuki Celerio. Gareth Mm. has taken the word rather exciting in a ironic way. So are I these cars expect. exciting? I'm going to say no. They're not exciting me that much. Yeah, they're differently exciting. The Kia Rio is same but different. Differently exciting. Kia Rio isn't Kia Rio made anymore as well. Not quite the McLaren Speedtail. No. Um, not quite. <laughs> right, Suzuki Solario. It's not the cheapest car you can buy new at the moment, because I think the Dacia Sandero is alive. I think it's the second cheapest new car you can buy. What about the MG3? What's the MG3 got going for it? It's not a terrible car. Is I mean, that, is that the best? Damn it! Is with that faint the best, praise, is that would the be best, the best thing you can say about it. It's all right, and they used to be like quite cheap, and now they're not as cheap as they were. Is this cheapness? I know for a fact, <sighs> okay, Gareth has I'm, been I'm, looking I'm, around for a new car, yeah, and he's been thinking for second-hand car money. There are 
certain cars he could get he could brand new. new. And so that's because I heard him mentioning yeah. Dacia Sandera. Okay. Right. So he's so been maybe that's looking, what's going on. but the Kia Rio isn't but that's in production the, is anymore. That, so, but maybe they're still on sale. Are they still on sale? I don't think so. Cause but it's on our list. If it's on the list, it's an acceptable is answer. It still, so well, hang on, I, it is still on sale, isn't it? But it's not bad now. It's quite a nice looking car. Now. I'm getting a strong vibe. Okay, now. Yes, I'm getting a very so strong feeling. I'm getting, I'm getting a kind of, sort of you know, ray of light beaming down from the heavens. Go on. I think it's the Kia. The Kia. I think it's the Kia. Lock it in, dog. I can just, I just don't need to go for the MG3. No. Yeah. I think a bit of your ray of light just bounced off your watch and hit me in the face, and I'm going to go Kia as well. Well, that's synchronicity, baby. It's a unanimous decision. The Kia Rio. Question three. Which of these three F1 people would you say Gareth dislikes the most? Again, give your reasons. Is it A. Flavio Briatore, B. Craig Pollock, or is it C. James Allen? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that Jack, seems a bit harsh on James Allen to be included. Uh, he was the ex ITV F1 commentator. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I, we remember him. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't that bad. Uh, looking back. When no. you say remember him, so he's had an exodus, is that right? Um, yeah, he used to do commentary for F1 when it was broadcast by ITV in the UK. But then when they lost the broadcast rights, he went back to running column and doing yeah. other things in F1. Um, okay. Anyway, there are worse what people, are you, aren't hmm. they? And I didn't like James Allen at all when he was commentating. But now he's not commentating. I don't mind him because I don't have to hear his voice. And I don't think Gareth ever hated him that much. Hmm. So are you narrowing it down to Craig Pollock or Flavio? Craig Pollock? Which one was Craig Pollock? Was, so he uh, was Jacques, Jacques Villeneuve's manager. Oh, yep. okay. I was thinking. And was involved in BAR, the team? Yes, um, involved in BAR F1 team and the ill fated Pure F1 engine project. Hmm. So maybe that means that he's screwed up enough things that Gareth mm. might have wanted to work out that. Um, hey. So maybe, so maybe if he was sort of responsible. If mm. he was Jack Villeneuve's manager. Mm-hmm. Did he in some way push Jack Villeneuve in front of Damon Hill? Gareth's beloved Damon Hill. Yeah. Compromising Damon Hill in some way. There could definitely be some deep waters here to do There's with Villeneuve and Hill. Ice has cracked. There's some kind of history there. Bit of elbowing. There's bad blood, yeah. I'm sure. Okay. Where is who's the first one again? Flav. 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 Bog, bog standard okay. comedy villain sometimes. Flav to his I friends. He's I, the former head of Benetton and a Renault Formula One team. I don't think that Gareth dislikes Flav. Because no, I think no. there's just too much comedy mileage yeah. in Flavio Briatore. Yeah. He's done and a, bit, he's just a few too controversial a things. Yeah, and you know, he's a big, loud personality and he might or might not have been involved in that whole crash cake thing in Singapore in mm. making... Well, no, he was. We know, we know that he was involved in mm. having Nelson Piquet Jr. deliberately smash into a wall. So, you know, he's certainly not the most honest, straightforward, respectable... Moral, ethical... Ethical, ethical, thank you. Say, yeah, not the most ethical person. dude. But I think... But, but you know, but I you say, the comedy mileage isn't in there. So, <laughs> Craig Pollock. I Craig think. Pollock. Craig Pollock. Yeah, and it's going to be something to do with Damon Hill and history. And There's something going on. Yeah. Okay, let's lock those answers in. It's Craig Pollock. Okay. okay. Enter the room, Gareth. Okay. Oh, that was interesting yeah. listening to that. That was so interesting. So how do these men fare? Well, so let's find out. Let's okay. find out. So yeah. question one, what is the answer? So, Gareth, you tell us, which one of the three classic cars... Would you choose and why? Would you choose the Rover 200 Coupe, the AMC Eagle Coupe, or the Subaru XT? The Rover 200, the Tomcat, Richard. Right. Yes. 
as rovers go from that period, is quite cool. It was quite cool. The Subaru XT was a kind of 80s car that had a 70s edge to it. It was as sharp as a razor. And it was available as a four-wheel drive version and a two-wheel drive version. Do you know, I think it was part-time four-wheel drive. And yeah. one of the circumstances in which the car would switch itself into four-wheel drive mode was when you turned on the windscreen wipe. Really? Because yeah. it detected... That, 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 that's, that's some sophisticated... That's nice. Nice engineering, nice. right there. I yeah, like that's... a Subaru, but I would have gone that's for a Subaru neat. designed by Shigeru, the SVX, you see. And I've always liked oh, the XT. Yeah. I yeah. do like the XT. The 200 is about as close as I would get, but Zog, you're right. I would rather go for a Rover 3500. Not the SD1, but the previous generation. Yeah, with the fins on the back. Okay. The answer... Is I would actually go for the AMC Eagle. Oh, oh well done. Yeah. the AMC well Eagle. And do you know why? Richard, well done. Do you we, know why? We're going to need the explanation. I, You've been out no, there. I've been. Thought. I know. Two reasons. Way ahead of its I'm time. It's a four by four coupe, mm -hmm. a crossover. It was the Urus of its day or something. It was way ahead of its time, and you just don't see them and you know me I like to do stuff that no one else does the cars I own are the cars no one else would own so that's why I would choose the AMC Eagle Coupe yeah. well done Gareth can you tell us the answer to your question too please so which one of the rather exciting cars currently on sale <laughs> would you choose to own and explain your reasoning would you go for the Kia Rio the MG3 or the Suzuki Celerio the Suzuki Celerio I like a Suzuki I owned a Suzuki. I had a cappuccino. Yeah, that's right. Got a lot of respect for Suzuki. The Solario has got a name which sounds more like a salad vegetable than a car. So I won't own it. I'm eliminating that one. The MG3 versus the Kia Rio. Now, the Kia Rio isn't a Hyundai. But it's from more or less the same people. And I have great admiration for Hyundai. The MG3 isn't an MG. It's some Chinese car masquerading as an MG, so I won't own it. But I would have the Kia Rio, because I think it's one of the better-looking cars on small wheels. And none of those cars are exciting, and quite frankly, I wouldn't have any of them. But if I had to have one of them, it would be the Kia Rio. Okay. Our ray of well light was, was bang on. And Bravo. There we go, point each. Okay, point each to Zog and Richard. The God of Festivus beamed its lattice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need some help on the last round here. All right, so here we go. Gareth, which one of these three F1 people would you say that you dislike the most? Can you tell us your reasons on top of that? Was it Flavio, Craig Pollock or James Allen? I don't dislike James Allen, Richard disliked James Allen as a commentator. And yeah. I know that Richard's come around to appreciate okay, his so work as a, a blogger. No, James Allen, quite good. I think he was a tremendous pit lane reporter. He wasn't as good a commentator as a pit lane reporter. Flav, I don't hate Flav. Quite frankly, I love Flav. Like Richard said, comedy value. Plus, I also think Formula One has to have baddies. It's a pantomime. And Flav has been the best baddie in Formula One ever. Craig Pollock, nothing to do with Damon Hill and Jacques Villeneuve. Just the fact that Craig Pollock wore those sort of skiing turtlenecks and said when he formed BAR, we will win our first race. Hang on. So a slightly dodgy clothing choice. Yeah, so that's, a that's enough. Thing. And a bit of ambition yeah. is yeah. why you don't like the man. Uh, he was overambitious. And, you know, Elon Musk is overambitious, but generally I mean, delivers. I'm not never trust a man in a I get, I get a point, yeah. so... <laughs> 
Good. Well played, boys. Well done. Well played. Correct answers all round. So how are we looking? Let's see how many points. Which one you have? So, Zog, how many points? I have, have one, two, three, four. Four? I have one, two, three. Oh, and Richard, how many have you got? Cinque. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, and the winner is. We have a winner. winner. Excelsior. Well done, Stanley. How did that happen? Well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> Richard, congratulations. It seems that you know Zog and me better than I know you and Zog. Or oh, Zog I know knows. The two of you, yeah. Good. Yeah. Your average state of knowledge is superior, sir. Congratulations. Because I'm rarely paying attention to anything. And next year, Sarah has to answer questions about us. Plenty of time to do some homework. When we left our Gareth Jones on Speed special, Doctor Who saves F1 for Christmas. The Doctor and Lewis Hamilton were travelling through time to correct the F1 timeline. And as we pick up the story, our heroes are on their way back to 1978 in the TURDIS to make sure Nigel Mansell grows a moustache. Alright, here we are, Thruxton, October 78. And look, there's Mansell. Come on. Nigel! Excuse me, Nigel! Oh, look, it's three times Formula One world champion Jackie Stewart. What are you doing here at this lower Formula event, three times Formula One world champion Jackie Stewart? Oh, you know, just keeping an eye on the up-and-coming talent. Oh, really? I'm an up-and-coming talent, three times Formula One world champion Jackie Stewart. You should talk to me. Well, I am. Indeed you are, three-time Formula One world champion Jackie Stewart. And what have you got to say? That would be my question to you, three times Formula One world champion Jackie Stewart, swanning in here as you are, swaggering about with your three Formula One world championships while those little people are struggling with our Formula Three races and our lack of funds and... And your extremely cold top lips. How did you know about my extremely cold top lip, three times Formula One world champion Jackie Stewart? Just a hunch, Nigel. I used to suffer from very cold cheeks, but then I grew a pair of stonking sides and I never looked back really transformed my motor racing career. Really? I won three world championships, didn't I? Well, I believe you did. I believe you actually did. Yeah, what you ought to do, Nigel, is grow a moustache, man. Oh, really, mate? And do you have any Formula One world championships, eh? Not yet, bro. Not yet. But I do, Nigel, and my advice to you would be grow that moustache. I will reflect on this advice three times from an all-world champion, Jackie Stewart. Good. I mean, obviously the car hasn't been performing well this weekend, and not to disrespect any of my fellow drivers, but there have been some serious incidents on the track that made it much harder for me to conduct the business of racing. Not to name any names, and I think it speaks for itself what happened out there today. Oh my God, let's get out of here. Yeah, man, this is well boring. Phew! You think your plan worked, Dr Jackie? Oh, I don't know about that. I'm just relieved we don't have to listen to him anymore. I think the best thing we can do is head for the early 90s and see if he became world champion. Here we go! Right, let's check the book. Yes, here we are. The 1992 Formula One World Championship was won by Nigel Mansell and his moustache. So we're cool, yeah? 
Well, I'm looking back through the 80s here and yeah, this all seems to be in order. I think the timeline has been repaired, certainly up to where we are now. And where are we now? Well, I was a little inexact. I know we're somewhere in the 90s, but let's see. We are... uh, Oh, oh dear. What, man? It's the 1st of May, 1994. We're in Imola. No way, man. It's early, man. Look, the race hasn't started. No, Lewis. We can stop it, man. We can stop it from happening. No, we can't, Lewis. But we can. We could save his life. That's not how it works. We can only adjust the timeline back to our version of history. We can't change history for a different outcome. Why not? Because who knows what it would do. You save Senu and you might unleash untold disastrous changes that could be catastrophic. Other drivers might die, other teams might not survive. Luca Badoa might get some points. It's too dangerous. I've got to do it, man. No, Lewis, don't you see? The timeline up to this point is now as it was, and you're on course to becoming an F1 driver. But without the events we know are coming today, maybe you wouldn't be. You need this so you can try and live up to the legend of your hero. Now come on, let's head back to your present day and see if everything's back in line. Ready to go? Screw you, man. Screw you and screw that stupid book. Lewis, no! (sighs) Oh, Lewis, there was no need to throw the book out of the door. I mean, apart from anything else, that was very unsafe. Sorry, man. I'm just, you know, kind of pissed. Well, it worked for James Hunt. Now listen, I've brought us here to the 2018 Autosport Awards. We should be able to tell straight away if the timeline is correct. Come on, let's sneak in. Hey look, there's Jackie Stewart with some random guy. Oh dear, I don't like the sound of that. Whoa, I'm on a street in London, it's 2018 and no one's taking selfies with me, man. This is bad. I ain't an F1 driver, am I? It doesn't look good, Lewis, I'll be honest. Oh my god, watch out! It's a Ciderman! You mean a Cyberman? No, a Ciderman! Hello, nobbers. What's going on? I've had five points of scrumpy and I feel good. What's up, Jensen? Who are you? Oh dear. Jensen, hi, it's Jackie. Yeah, I, I know who you are. Remind me, Jensen, how was your F1 career? F1 career? What are you talking about? I never made it in F1. Rallycross, that's where it's at, yeah. <laughs> Rallycross and Appley Booze. Mm. Oh no, this definitely isn't a good start. Hey, definitely. I say that word a lot too. <laughs> oh man, watch out, there's something rolling towards you. Exterminate, exterminate, exterminate. Flank Williams, hello there. You sold me your lousy F1 team and it was rubbish. Did I? I don't remember that. It was crap. I closed it down. Why didn't you sell it to Ford in 1999 or Red Bull in 2004? Red Bull? What the hell are you talking about? Never heard of them. Uh Uh-oh. This ain't good, man. Come on, run. He's coming after us, man. Head over there. He can't go upstairs. Push faster, Patrick. They're getting away. Oh, flipping heck. This is a very strange version of the timeline. Come on, in here. What now, man? We stay in this cupboard until the coast is clear. Oh, wait, listen. 
the awards are about to start. Right, well, this should give us an idea of where the timeline has slipped. Come on. Well, it gives me great pleasure to be hosting these awards once again. And what an evening it promises to be. A host of stars from the motorsport world, past and present, and one very special guest of honor. Is that... Yes, it's funny. No matter how messed up the timeline gets in any universe, there's always Steve Ryder. Now, this is quite an unusual order of things this evening, but there really is only one award that matters tonight. So we're going to get straight to that. And it's the Lifetime Achievement Award, which this year goes to a man who has dominated Formula One for the last 23 years and continues to dominate it to this day. I'm talking, of course, about the one, the only, the reigning nine times world champion, Taki Inui. What the hell, man? Oh, my God. Uh, thank you very much, indeed. This is worse than I thought. Uh, How has this happened? Thank, uh, look, there's, there's an awards program here. Let's have a look. Oh, my God. Pedro Danez, Alex Young, Chanok Nissany. These are all pay drivers. I don't get it, man. Something happened here. Something that changed the whole landscape. And it's something that was done by him in Nui. What? Fall off the stage? No, I, I don't mean something he did just then. I'm talking about years ago. And actually, it's not something he did. It's something he didn't do. Hear me out here, Lewis. What if... After the death of Ayrton Senna, Formula One was thrown into turmoil. Pay drivers became the new lifeblood of the teams, following in the lead of him, the pay driver's pay driver. And instead of being a laughingstock, he was taken seriously. He was nurtured. More of them arrived. And pretty soon F1 wasn't the pinnacle of motorsport. It was just a lot of rich kids bumping into each other. And because they brought sacks of cash and millions of viewers, no one could stop them. With the money coming from the drivers, the teams had no incentive to invest in young talent like you. Which is why you ended up working in an IT department while he has nine championships. Oh, he's fallen off the stage again. Oh, man, that's crazy. Right, how do we go back and stop this? I have an idea. Hang on, I just need to double-check something. Excuse me? Yes? Do you remember when Taki Inui got run over by the medical car during the 1995 Hungarian Grand Prix? What? No, I don't remember that at all. Nothing like that ever happened. As I thought. Thank you. Wait, are you Pastor Maldonado? Double world champion Pastor Maldonado, yes. Oh, Jesus. Lewis, that's just as I thought. The one thing that could have humiliated pay drivers before they got too powerful, it never happened. So we have to make it happen. Come on, we're going to Hungary. You know what you have to do, Lewis. Yeah, I got you, man. Now, when we got here, I interfered with a Nui's car using my sonic screwdriver. Oh, right, yeah. So it sends out special waves to, like, overheat the engine or something? No, I loosened one of the oil pipes. I mean, that's literally just a screwdriver. Wait, here he comes now. Yes, the car is slowing. He's coasting towards us. Perfect. Get ready, Lewis. 
He's out of the car, the smoke. He's going for the extinguisher. Here comes the Tatra. And go, go, go. Push that tiny Japanese man. Work, Lewis, with the whole world laughing at his unfortunate accident. Pay drivers will never be taken seriously enough for proper drivers to be usurped. Come on into the TARDIS and I'll take you home. Thanks, man. You've done me a real solid today, guy. Don't mention it, Lewis. And I don't care what they say about you sucking up to dodgy Middle Eastern regimes. No, really, don't mention it, Lewis. Oh, okay, man. I only want. Uh-oh. I don't like the look of this. Oh! Oh, man. What's going on? Is everything all right, sir? What time is it? Where am I? It's Christmas time, sir. You are at the resort of Playa del Suenos, the beach of dreams, the most beautiful in all of Venezuela. Oh, wow. So that was all, uh... <laughs> right. Hashtag blessed. Something just woke me up. I think it was a butterfly, sir. There are many on this beach. Right. Can I get you a drink, sir? Nah, I'm good, man. Just pass me my phone, yeah? I gotta call the boss and tell him about this one. <laughs> Crazy. Hey! Toto! Toto? Oh no, it's Susie, you daft sword. Oh, hi Susie. I wanted to speak to the boss. I'm talking to her, lad. Never heard of this Toto guy. Okay. I'm here with your teammate, actually. You're with Val Terry? Who? What are you all about? I'm with Dan. Dan? Dan Ricardo? My teammate is Dan Ricardo? For the last three years, for God's sake. What's the matter with you, Lewis? Here, I'll hand you over. Hello, Danielle speaking. Danielle? You're my teammate? You know I am, you dark bastard. Where are you? I'm in a very weird place. Gotta go. Excuse me, waiter? Yes, sir? I need you to find me a number for Jackie Stewart. This is very urgent. Jackie Stewart? The famous Scottish acrobat? Oh, my God. God! Happy Christmas, everybody. Hey, wait. Aren't you Pastor Maldonado? Gareth Jones on Speed. That's just about it for Gareth Jones on Speed. We're going to celebrate with the traditional popping of an actual cork. This is not a sound effect. This is real. You got it? Yeah. Yeah. Hooray! Put that in there, sir. Lovely. Sarah, take that. And whilst we're pouring the drinks, let me ask you, what are your hopes for the future? Zog, what are your hopes for 2019 in terms of cars and motorsport? Well, in terms of cars and motorsport, I'd like to get the rust on the sills fixed. I have a plan for that. <laughs> I'll be executing that very shortly. Yeah. And I'd like to find where the water's getting in. Keep getting a bit of water under the driver's seat. 
I'd like to think of a clever way of avoiding being charged under the London U-L-E-Z oh, yes. scheme, which is yeah. coming in. It starts next year, although if you're a resident, you can put off as a resident being charged for a couple of years. So it will come in in 2021 if you register with TFL. Uh, quite like that. And in motorsport, I would like the trip to Le Mans next year to be as easy as it has been in previous years and for it not to be made ridiculously complicated and unpleasant. a Q-fest yeah. and, uh, and by uh, whatever's going to happen as a result of, of Brexit. So uh, there we go. That, that's what I'm cheers hoping for. That. Yeah, cheers to that. Yeah. There we go. Sarah, your hopes for the new year? My hopes for the new year. You know what? I, I'm just still getting through 2008. <laughs> 2008? <laughs> Sorry, 2008. <laughs> Me too. I'm just getting through 2018. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, my hopes for 2019. Look, it'll be great to cover more motorsports. My own personal motoring experiences. I don't have my own car, but gee, it'd be great if I did here in London. I do have a car at home back in Australia that my dad won't let me let go of because it's such a good car it's convertible so finding a good cheap car in London would be one thing to shoot for yeah so, exactly sports yeah. car of course of course mm, yeah. mm. so I might pass the football over to you Gareth oh well I'm going to pass it to Richard Richard what's your hopes for the future need to sort out some rust in my sills I want to find out where the water's coming in hang on yours that's just me that's right. <laughs> 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 my car it's just a personal problem I've got um, <laughs> what do I want oh, I don't know I'd like my electric car to turn up on time Still don't know when that's going to be delivered, but hopefully April. That'd be nice when they promised it, because I just want to drive it, and I want to do my electric driving around. And I don't know. I suppose it'd be nice if F1 kind of hooked me back in again. Well, would it? I feel like I'm losing my grip on F1, and I don't really mind. But anyway, we'll see. I don't know. And then, we'll uh, see if the two can get back together again next year. Yes, exactly, you know. It's one of those things, isn't it? It's a bit on and off. I also have no idea what I'm doing for a living next year, really. Wow. Really? Yeah, you know. Grand Tour, is it coming back or what? Who knows? Oh. Who knows? Well, I well, genuinely don't. I'm so. sure something will turn up. If we could turn this into a proper job, Richard, we can make a living from that. Mm. Probably unlikely. Hey, but good luck. What do I hope? I hope for two things. I hope that next year's Formula One World Championship goes to the last race. Right down to the line, because that's what you pay for, Just really. Home. And actually, I actually want Lewis to win it next year. Now that he's beyond five, I want Lewis to take Schumacher's incredible record and match it or better it. And that means he's got to win next year. But I want it to be difficult for him. So I want that. And in terms of road cars... I want to own a car again. I haven't got a car. You've just sold your Sora. Sora's you gone. To replace it or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want a yeah. car. And more news on that as it happens on the programme. So, from Zog and from Sarah and from Richard and I, it's cheers, y'all. Cheers. Happy, Happy New Year. Happy, Happy Festivals. Happy yeah. And we'll see you for the 15th season of Gareth Jones on Speed in 2019. Before then, though, we're going to leave you with a song. Something special for Christmas, sung by Elvin Costello. Not to be confused with Elvis Costello, of course. And at this time of the year, it's very important that we think about those less fortunate than ourselves. See ya. There was a time when you were hot stuff People loved your crazy ideas 
They couldn't get enough They just couldn't get enough Flamethrowers, self-driving cars People traveling in hyperloops Even rockets to Mars Even rockets to Mars be hard for you to be yourself at Christmas It must be hard to be Elon Musk at Christmas You're undermining the USA by drilling tunnels beneath LA Rescue torpedo You called it diver repeat You're making cars run on electricity Mobilizing with green energy But money doesn't grow on trees We'll never get our model Just 
opportunities go to garethjones.tv gareth jones on speed is made in london by whizbang 30 seconds at moss quiet and still everyone please Oh, that wasn't quiet or still. That was award-winningly brilliant, wasn't it? Really? Are we all right? Still working? 